Set a spark to your integrated business and marketing strategies with America's top entrepreneurs and business leaders here at Integrate and Ignite with your host, Lori Jones. Welcome to the Integrate and Ignite podcast. Dr. Jack Elston has over 14 years of experience working in the UAS field and is the CEO and co-founder of Black Swift Technologies. He is the technical lead on all avionics work at BST, including the creation of low-cost, high-capable autopilot systems and unique networking technologies to enable cooperative control of UAS. Jack received his PhD from the University of Colorado Boulder where his research culminated in the design of a UAS used to conduct the first-ever intercept of a tornadic supercell thunderstorm by an unmanned aircraft. He has been directly involved in the development of more than 20 different unmanned aircraft systems and has conducted hundreds of flight experiments in adverse conditions, including surveys at 14,000 feet MSL, and operations in the Arctic. We are so excited to have you on the show today, Jack. Welcome to Integrate and Ignite. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Well, so today we're going to learn a lot about not only your entrepreneurial spirit, but a lot about unmanned aircraft systems. Talk to us about how you got started. Uh, it was in school, actually. We did a school project where we built a autopilot as part of our senior project and ended up meeting a lot of good professors and uh, uh, continued our research there and ended up picking up research projects through the aerospace department and uh, continued with my research through the graduate program with unmanned aircraft, which culminated in my uh, PhD research, which was on well, uh, flying into supercell thunderstorms with unmanned aircraft. And that was your first ever experiment with, with the devices that you were building, correct? Uh, we had done experiments before that. That was the first one that I had you know, personally designed and put together. And what was the outcome? Uh, we it went worked. out. <laughs> yeah, it worked. It worked. Uh, we went out with uh, a large group of scientists and universities, uh, so we were just a small part of that. Uh, but the team that we went out with did 72 different flights on supercell thunderstorms and came back with the aircraft every time. Wow. So that was certainly a success. And then the other success was we got data from a region of the storm that they'd never been able to get targeted measurements from before. So we're pretty excited about that as well. Now, this is just interesting to me. Is there you know, a, a velocity, a wind velocity, that you would not be able to send the unmanned aircraft into that you know of yet? Well, it's it's mainly the flight speed of the aircraft. Right? You know, it's, it's wind's velocity is faster than the aircraft. Obviously, you can't move in one direction. Right. We did the particular vehicle that we flew those missions with could do up to seventy-five miles an hour. Wow. And so uh, we could fly in some pretty significant winds, and there were times where the vehicle got over hundred miles an hour uh, ground speed. So. Wow, that's incredible. So, so we're done talking technology. <laughs> it's yeah, very, enough. very, very interesting. I want to talk leadership and entrepreneurialism. At what point did you know that you wanted to, I, I believe you've got a partner, but at what point did you know you wanted to take what was so fascinating to you in school and not just work for someone else, but start your own business? I really was right out of school. Uh, we'd worked with a bunch of other autopilot systems and decided we could do a much better job. And the best way for us to do that was just to put one together ourselves. So uh, took some, you know, both of us threw a little bit of money at it and started working in my living room, honestly, putting together our first autopilot system. I love that. So do you recall that time where you actually no longer needed the living room and you knew that you needed to 
move into actual business space? Yeah, it took a little bit. So we had a few moves in there. So my wife eventually kicked us out. For <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, good reason, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Yeah, you don't want soldering going on no. in your living room. Table. <laughs> no, that is not a good thing at all. Now, leadership is such an incredible topic today. So many different points of view surrounding it. What leadership qualities do you feel are necessary to succeed in today's business climate? Uh you know, I have to be pretty personable for sure. I think uh, a lot of, you know, especially the younger uh, group coming up through school right now expects a lot more out of their business than just a distant boss that can do whatever they want. You know, I have to be able to interact with people, you know, convince them that what you're doing is the right way to do things. And how hard is it to convince them? Is, is there any, is, do you have a secret sauce uh, from a management standpoint that really brings people in to, to your point of view or, or the business in general? Uh, I guess I wouldn't say like there's any particular secret, but uh, I try and be fairly approachable. You know, I don't have a different desk space than everybody else. We all have kind of the same equivalent set up. Um, I'm available all the time if people want to chat about problems or, you know, what they're doing or whether they think that, you know, a particular project's not going the right way. Right. Now, you've mentioned uh, personable, approachable, available. Um, is that how you would define your leadership a style itself, or do you have a different approach that, that dovetails along with that? Uh, no, I'd, I'd kind of say that's generally my approach. Try and listen to all sides as well, come up with a solution that you know not everyone's necessarily excited about because they had to make some compromise in there, but at least something they realize that you've listened to their, their side of the problem and try to work out the best solution for everybody. Now, I believe you and I met, well, not I believe, you and I met uh, during a startup week um, program with the city of Longmont. What was it um, that you spoke on during uh, that that week-long entrepreneurial celebration, if you will, and what were the takeaways that you wanted the audience to learn? Sure. Uh, it was honestly more or less a basic introduction to unmanned aircraft system with the spin on it that, you know, there's a lot of people interested in the space and wanting to know how can I start my own unmanned aircraft business. And so we mainly asked, answered a lot of questions about the regulatory environment of unmanned aircraft. Um, as far as the takeaways that I was looking for people to have, I don't know, I guess you'd be more informed about what's all going on with the industry. I mean, everyone sees these little drones you could go pick up at Best Buy and use them basically as extended selfie sticks, but there's a whole other world out there as far as the commercial applications. So what are some of the exciting applications? I mean, will we be able to order McDonald's and have it delivered to our home? <laughs> uh, now you're starting to get into the regulatory issues there more than the technical issues. I don't think, you know, there's a lot of rules right now keeping you from just flying over populated areas and dropping off McDonald's. Uh, it's more along the lines of industrial inspection um, and all the cool different payloads you could put on there to even see, like, invasive species of weeds. Uh, see faults in bridges before you know you'd actually see it, and using the normal methods that we use nowadays, which is mainly just somebody going up and taking pictures or just inspecting them themselves with their own eyes. Right, it's so interesting, isn't it? Now you've grown a lot uh, since you started the business almost six years ago. How have you integrated your internal departments, getting everyone on the same page and singing from the same songbook? Well, uh, mainly it's kind of been uh, enough. Me keeping a good tab on what else going on and relaying that information to everybody else, and it kind of takes a different form depending on the 
department, I guess you'd say, we, through the engineering side of things, we have a big overarching whiteboard that's right as we come into the office that we keep all the current status, what we're working on for that week, you know, anything that's keeping us behind or potential uh, problems that we might have with that. Um, as far as integrating all of the engineering work that's going on with sales and marketing efforts, uh, it's, fortunately, since it's a small business, once again, I can pretty much manage that myself by just keeping everybody up to date via email or meeting. Right. What is one of the biggest surprises that you've experienced regarding running your own business? Biggest surprises? Uh, Certainly there's a lot I've learned. Uh, You're coming from the engineering perspective and trying to jump right into owning your own business. There's a tons of different things that I did not know beforehand that I learned. A lot of stuff that was very necessary, but not stuff I was very excited about, to say the least. Right. Uh, especially with all the rules as far as, you know, what you have to have available for employees as far as, you know, payroll and health benefits and all those other things. There's been a lot of lessons I've learned there. I, I think everyone listening today can relate to that comment. It's, sure. Yeah, it's not easy, that's for sure. Now, you mentioned um, you're in that, that new business stage, that startup stage, um, that you're still handling a lot of the day-to-day stuff, including marketing. Um, but talk to us a little bit about the marketing of the business and, and maybe some approaches um, that you've deployed that have worked really well for you and in, in your business uh, stage and maybe some that have not. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. We started out just trying to do organic stuff, just ourselves and uh, it had limited success. Uh, so what we did is we went out and grabbed a consultant uh, who, you know, we could at least afford because they weren't doing full-time, but we, we could afford, you know, to keep them on as a retainer monthly. And that's been amazing, having somebody that's actually dedicated to it. Uh, the best thing that we've done so far as far as, you know, success in getting our name out there and getting known is just to put together the stories that we hadn't written yet about all, or wrote, you know, put together about all the cool projects that we'd done. Uh, you know, we've done a lot of really you know, fun things as far as monitoring volcanoes and things like that, but uh, we were so busy with all the engineering, we never had a chance to sit down and get that word out. And so by having somebody that was dedicated to that task, that really helped out as far as getting visibility for the company. Yeah, I mean, it sounds, and, and again, it's the baby steps that you take, and, and what you've just explained um, has a lot to do with the content side of the business, and, and making sure that people realize that you even exist um, when really the product category is unknown, uh, which is some somewhat of a, a difficult feat, there's no doubt about it. Tell us about a challenging time or a situation that could have devastated or even ruined the business, but you persisted and you've grown from that that painful memory. Sure. Yeah. Um, actually, it was kind of earlier this year. Um, we had quite a few people on payroll. Uh, it kind of fallen over from a previous funding uh, period. Unfortunately, being uh, a lot of our business actually is funded by these government grants, so we continue to research what's going on with the future of unmanned aircraft, but there's gaps between that funding. And so we'd put uh, quite a bit of effort and money into a sales strategy that really didn't work out very well. Um, and so we ended up having to cut back uh, quite a bit on all the efforts that we were doing, uh, cut back on a lot of our personnel. So we got down to only three people in the company for a little while there. Uh, and I had to put in a lot of personal loans to make sure that it kept going. Um, but we kept working hard, uh, getting a good foot. It actually allowed us to focus because uh, we dropped a lot of the things, the external things that we were doing and kind of focused on our core competencies and I think we've come back better because we've been able to take those core competencies and build the business around them, whereas before it was a little bit more jumbled. 
Yeah, I think that makes so much sense. Talk to us. So funded government grants are is such an important um, piece of ultimately so many technology companies getting started. What was the process that you went through to realize that that was the best approach for you versus a VC approach? Sure. Um, honestly, it just kind of came naturally to us uh, because we'd done the work previously in graduate school to get funding for a lot of the work that we'd done there. So we were familiar with the grant application process, and we had pretty good contacts in a lot of the government labs, so that helped out a ton. Um, as far as doing that versus VC, well, since we haven't really gone after VC so far, I, I can't comment too much on, on whether that would have been a better choice or not. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, as long as the government is interested in funding these sort of things, and they are, um, it's far better to go the grant route. There's no doubt about it. Now, where do you, you, you mentioned some really, really cool things like the volcano. What are some other areas that you think are unexplored right now that a company uh, like yourself could really help us realize uh, that we could be learning so much more? And honestly, it perks in with all this Internet of Things craze that's going on. Uh, where we're just generating all sorts of different data from sensors in the world around us. Uh, and you take all that data, you throw it through a big computer, and you can, through analytics, start figuring out things that we never saw before. And then I think a lot of that's happening with unmanned aircraft as well. One of the particular areas I'm thinking about is agriculture right now. And drones really haven't been pervasive in agriculture, uh, especially since it's kind of hard to say, hey, look, you know, farmer buy this drone, it costs this much money, and I'll... I'll produce this much more corn yield per acre. It just doesn't work that way. But as we're able to throw more and more things like the satellite data and the drone data all combined together into giving them a perspective of what's going on with our field, um, especially if we start looking at historical data, you can start getting them a much better idea of what to expect for that year, uh, You know what kind of you know watering schemes they should follow and things like that. So interesting. I mean, you could have a, a data division uh, that could go in and find all that information out and, and start selling it just as, you know, research companies do. There's some very, very unique approaches there. There's no doubt about it. How do you define success and where do you want to see the business uh, really move to? Sure. Yeah. Um, as far as success for us, uh, it's having that sustained income so that we can continue to uh, you know, do all the things that we want to do as far as internal R&D, uh, and then it's largely going to have to come from just selling of products, uh, because the government grants, as we mentioned, are pretty cyclical. So right now, our success is kind of defined as making sure we have that sustained income. Uh, and, you know, honestly, for me personally, and I think for a lot of the people that we work with, the success also embodies, you know, just a good workplace. You know, we all have challenging tasks to work on, um, you're rewarded by actually putting together a good product and having people being excited about it and then having plenty of internal things that we do that are fun, that are outside of work uh, to kind of make it so you're not only just focused on work all the time. Yeah, I hear you. That culture side of everything right now is so important. Is there a strategy or a process that you've implemented that if CEOs and their teams could consistently apply every day would result in big wins for them besides never giving up? <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, uh, you know, only being a small company, I've, I don't know if I could speak to too many different CEOs out there, but as far as the people that are getting started, uh, one, it's kind of easy to trip up on a lot of this electronic communication that's available nowadays and be very impersonal with people. I mean, we do have a lot of software that we use to manage our project workflow, for instance, but it's still great to have that big whiteboard out on front so everyone can see it and interact around it. So I've seen 
you know a couple other companies struggle with this, this specifically and, and seeing some uh, some of their employees be unhappy about the very impersonal you know not personal approach to managing the business where they just get emails that tell them all the time what they should be doing and things like that right yeah that personal approach as you are noted earlier in our discussion becomes very very important so where do you want to be known for uh, the technology leader in the space honestly um, that's all what all of us really love doing. We like taking the latest, greatest technologies and putting them into our aircraft, whether it be a new payload or a new way for the aircraft to sense the world and be safer or more capable. Well, I tell you, Jack Elstrun, you're definitely going to make it there. I'm going to interview you in two years' time, mark my word, and we're going to be talking about so many different pieces of the business because during that time, I know that you're going to be growing um, beyond your wildest dreams. You truly are setting the standard um, in the space, and I wish you all the luck in the world, and congratulations on what you've already achieved thus far. And remember, being personable, approachable, and available is truly the leadership qualities that will set you apart uh, from so many additional and different leaders out there. Jack Elstrom, thank you so much for appearing on the Integrate and Ignite podcast. Thank you, Lori. This episode is complete, but the inspiration has just begun. Head over to avocetcommunications.com for show notes and more aha moments. Tune in regularly to ignite your integrated business and marketing strategies with Lori Jones and the Integrate and Ignite podcast.